3: I'm your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. And of course, you can download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about speed being more important than core web vital scores, and joining us for that conversation, I'd like to uh, welcome to Press This of Making 8, Mr. Adam Humphreys. Adam, welcome to Press This. Hi, thanks for having me. So glad to have you here, and for those listening, what Adam is going to be talking about today are his thoughts on the role of core web vitals in SEO, maybe how they're a little overblown a little bit how to interpret those scores, uh, maybe a little bit about uh, Google's per, uh, potential motivation behind those scores, and why your website's true performance in, in his view, and I think in a lot of folks' view, is the best measure of your success. So Adam, to kick us off, I'm gonna ask you the same question I ask every guest, which is to briefly tell me your WordPress origin story. So basically,
4: I started before WordPress, and you know, the days of GeoCities. And I started as a business owner, probably like a lot of people that came to WP Engine for managed services. And, uh, you know, I just started playing with code. People started calling me and I turned it into a business. And here I am 20 years later, still doing it. And, you know, experiencing some expertise in some different areas and learning every day. I guess there is no such thing as an expert in our area because, let's face it, it, it does, it changes daily by the second, by the minute. And uh, I'm here to sh- share what I know with you guys.
3: The expert is the one who learns the fastest. Yes. Uh, I like that. Uh, so you'd kind of mentioned that you started building sites as a business owner, leveraging GeoCities, and you kind of got into essentially agency work over time. But when was the first time you used WordPress?
4: probably about 2007 and, and to clarify GeoCities was around the time when I started. So 2001 is when I started, I actually started building my sites and uh, tables and HTML and stuff, but with WordPress, uh, you know, I actually started out with Drupal and what I realized was, man, this thing is like way too hard to update and WordPress is just super agile. The security might not be as good at that time. Um, but, being first matters and being agile matters and rapidly adapting to market changes, especially Google is very important. And that's something that WordPress did very, very well. So I want to say around 2007 is sort of where I started using WordPress and uh, more so to t- 2009 in a really big way. After that, I didn't use anything else. I stopped it, it's just the best of all worlds.
3: Gotcha. So right around 2007, which would have been the time period when widgets and short codes were introduced to WordPress. And in my mind, that was kind of the moment when you could quote, make a website with WordPress um, kind of that notion of the widgetized homepage re- replacing the blog role. So that was a very kind of instrumental uh, moment in time for you there to join. So that's very interesting. Um, so tell me about making eight. What do you, what do you all do there? So I do search marketing, but
4: integrated digital marketing with a focus on search. Um, So, you know, pay per click ads, but mostly SEO, like I'm known for SEO around the world. I teach SEO and analytics around the world at an advanced level. And that is what I love. And I love focusing on WordPress because I feel like that's what most business owners use and can benefit the most from because at the end of the day, you want to empower business owners. And I feel like WordPress does that the best of everything, especially because it adapts so well. As you mentioned, uh, around 2007, you know, they started adding widgets and stuff and it's just really adaptable.
3: And that's why I love it awesome well nowadays we have the widget block that they're testing in wordpress core for the new uh i guess the block editor in general so we've kind of come full circle there um so your your kind of focus is is search and do you do you build sites for folks or help them like uh just optimize specific parts for seo like how deep do you get in terms of like optimizing the the site itself
4: yes so (laughs) as an seo i see a lot of like wastage of of time going back and forth and you know as an seo our time is is not necessarily expensive but it can be expensive if you waste time and so what i found is like hey i know this system so i just started building sites for clients and uh People that I do SEO for, I I do it for them because it's just more efficient and I know exactly what they need. There's a very large interview process to understand the needs, most importantly, the intent of their customer. And that's kind of where Core Web Vitals comes in is the quality and intent. When people think of Core Web Vitals, they're thinking in terms of scores, but they're missing the point of that, which is quality. And that's why. I offer sites to my clients.
3: So like by this point, I hope everyone's aware of what core web vitals are. And, and, you know, fundamentally, you know, Google's kind of position there is leveraging them on some level as a signal in, you know, search results. But just to kind of orient everyone, what are core web vitals? How are they scored? And, you know, is that scoring a reliable signal for people to use to optimize their site?
4: Yeah, it's, you know, your initial your initial print of your page, you know, which is what people initially see, your largest piece of information on your site, how long that takes to load. And, you know, overall, just how fast your page renders without cumulative layout shift. Um, those are some of the metrics that Google looks at, but those are very shallow metrics if you go to web.dev forward slash measure and then you click on their report it breaks down everything from your javascript to how far apart your font is and it really focuses on the user experience so site quality overall matters and you know just catering to all the different audiences that come to your website what google is really trying to do is make a better experience so that their top results reflect the behaviors of most users. So if you have a site that's, for example, upwards of three seconds, let's say, it's going to be like 26 to 30% um, higher bounce rates. You go over six seconds, it could be like 104% according to a very large study of a news site. And that kind of seems to be somewhat consistent from what I've seen. People don't like to stay on sites that are slow. And how many times have we gone to a site that has cumulative layout shift where when you go and you read the article and you scroll down, the ad either doesn't render or it it starts to render, refreshes, pushes you top page, and you now have to scroll back down to find your spot. That's still happening. And so Google is sort of penalizing it indirectly with this algorithm update. And I think it's a wonderful thing. It improves quality, but we shouldn't think about it in terms of scores. We should think about it in terms of quality and experience and keeping people on your site, keeping them engaged and making it a great experience. It's just like SEO. SEO is about finding the intent of users and amplifying it to the audience through search engines, right? So we need to change the way we think about it and less about the technical and more about the audience.
3: Okay, Okay. yeah, no, no, I totally understand. So so basically, fundamentally, the way you look at Core Web Vitals is essentially as Google's effort to improve the quality of sites, and particularly, of course, those that rank within the Google search engine, And um, that your thoughts on the scoring in general is that they're, you know, maybe relatively broad and are not really giving you the fidelity per se to identify exactly what the user experience is. And I think this is very interesting because there's the balance between like your scores and things that Google thinks about you and then things that your users think about you. And sometimes those can be different things. I want to unpack this a little more, um, but we're going to take a
2: quick break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem.
4: Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the
2: independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more. Press this only on webmasterradio.fm. Hello everyone,
3: welcome back to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm speaking with Adam Humphreys about why speed is more important than core Web Vitals scores. Uh, Adam, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about kind of your view of core Web Vitals in this notion of really their intent you feel from google is to improve the quality of sites on the web which i agree is is admirable so when you when you then start to say well what you really want to look at is you know maybe how your javascripts behaving or maybe more fidelity in terms of that data to know exactly what that experience is like I mean, at the same time though, right? Like Google says there are scores and says they will use them to influence the rankings. So like, do you think that both are important or do you, do you tend to focus on one more than the other or both equally as, as much? So
4: for the majority of my peers in the industry of SEO, we basically have consensus, even with Google, we'll say, look, before you focus on this, you need to think about the intent of your audience. You need to think about how you cultivate that content and make it excellent for your audience. And so you're you're answering their questions effectively. You're not just thinking about page speed. Page speed is not an afterthought, it's a best practice. It's a quality score of your site. So Core Web Vitals is, is a metric, absolutely, but it's one of hundreds of metrics. And it's a sampling using Chrome, you know, of all your visitors coming to your website, you know, you can look at a Lighthouse and see what it shows. But the fact is, if you go to PageSpeed Insights, Google PageSpeed Insights, and you refresh your page after you've put in your website to see that score, and you test it over and over again, you might see a 30-point spread. And so I asked John Mueller of Google about this. I'm like, what is this? like? how is this reliable, like the industry is supposed to be taking this super seriously, and the reality is is that it's not accurate. And he said, well, it was never intended for that. And what he meant by that was that it's to improve your site experience and see the, the sampling of all your visitors and improve upon your, your scores. And by scores, I mean your speed. So your speed, your scripts, thinning that out, all those things are really important. So, yeah, less about scores, more about results, more about the visitors. The score is an afterthought to the intent of the user. Have I built a great experience for my visitors? Does that make sense?
3: It does, and I think you know this is obviously part of the debate in the SEO world, which is like, well, wait a minute, Google, who are you to tell us well how the, what scores should be here and how they're measured? Because I mean, like to your point. Like Google doesn't know if a big beefy web page with tons of images is the best thing in the world for the visitor for that particular piece of content. Yet we're all being measured against, you know, the, the scoring system. And to your point, the the tools we have to measure it are, are often disagree with itself even within a short t- uh, frame of time. And you know, I think this gives people, of course, a lot of anxiety. Um, I remember in a thread on Facebook with, um, oh, my goodness, Brett Tabkey of PubCon. And, you know, we were kind of discussing the merits of the score relative to how people operate their sites and how it's kind of, in a sense, being dictated in some ways. And, um, you know, I kind of made the point you did, which was, well, this ultimately, of course, from Google is, is trying to make, you know, websites better. And it was funny because he gave a link to an article to prove a different point. And the article had ads that were shifting around all over the place. And I couldn't read the article. Yeah. And he, I was like that. You, you just kind of made the point there. And he goes, well, it looks fine to me. And he's like, I have an ad blocker on that. And I was like, well, yeah, I think that's kind of <laughs> the, the point there. But like, you know, the and this is like, this was a big shift for me because I feel like so many people now are saying like, oh, use Lighthouse for performance testing. Use Google PageSpeed Insights for performance testing. But that's like not the one I like to use to improve you know, the sites I manage. So like what optimization KPI or website testing frameworks um, do you like to use maybe instead or in addition to you know, Google's uh, Lighthouse or PageSpeed Insights? You
4: know, paying down web page test or GT metrics, web dev forward slash measure, page speed insights, Lighthouse from the Chrome browser, the the browsers, uh, Chrome extension for page speed insights. Google I feel like you're Google.
3: telling me it doesn't really matter here. That's a long list. <laughs> you
4: know what? Here's the thing. It's going to be like SEO. The person on one side of the city is going to see a completely different search result from the person on the other side of the city for their local map pack. And that's all to do with proximity. So the distance you are from the node being the this testing server is going to impact your scores dramatically. So a lot of these CDN hosts have their testing right next to the center, which is going to provide a dramatically different um, first print of your website right like it's going to show up just that much faster which brings up another point like how do you improve on this right well you need a cdn so it's close to all your customers which um wp engine does really well they integrate that that's a great feature it's why i have some like some like clients on there and um you know it's something that frankly at this point everyone should have and so but people. you're hitting
3: on like a really interesting part of testing and, and we've interviewed Patrick Neenan, the creator of webpagetest.org, twice actually on press this. Mm-hmm. And like you're you're talking fundamentally though about like the location of the testing uh, entity. And yeah. in, in Google's case, um it's it's essentially what we call lab tests, right? It's a, it's in a server somewhere, Pingdom operates the same way, web page test operates the same way, but it's in, a, it's in a, a data center somewhere. It goes out via its data center connection and then it routes to your server and pulls the page down and it tries to emulate things like mobile page speed and so on or ma- mobile you know connection speeds and so on and so forth. And then the other side are like real tests where either you have a device in the geography where you're trying to serve your traffic or geographies, or you use something like RUM. Have you played around with RUM in terms of your testing frameworks, real user metrics? Not to my knowledge,
4: unless they're using it by some other euphemism. Um, the reality is is that <clears throat> there's so many like shallow things like JavaScript, large images, converting them to WebP, There's just so many simple variables that if you fix those, you know, really loading a site in 0.6 seconds, uh, that's enough. After that, like you really need to focus on what you're saying on your website. And the the fact about Core Web Vitals is only 4% of people allegedly even pass it right now. But in that 4% is like the IQ scale, right? Like you have those people in the top tier, they're in the top they're getting 72% of the traffic in the rankings. That's where all the competitiveness, that's where all the traction is, that's where you want to be. So when people say only 4% of websites pass, those are the winning sites. But before that, in a tiebreaker situation, your content has to meet the needs of users first.
3: And so, I, I, think, I think it's, and you know, Cutts actually talked about this in the past where he said speed is a tiebreaker. Right, the the first kind of cut, and I assume this is still true, is relevance and content, right? And then popularity and content we might imagine might be you know second or near second, and then you start getting into things like the performance of the page. But I just I really have a hard time believing that's like the first weight of value in the ranking algorithm.
4: Yeah, PageRank isn't what it once was. There's too many variables. Uh, they said they literally don't have a notion of PageRank. Because how do you just say, oh, it's just links? I mean, it could be uh, if it's a non-competitive thing. But around 2012, we saw that those link frameworks that worked in the past, like, they stopped working. You can still have lots of links and still rank things. But um, in a more sophisticated manner, this, the shallow simplicity of, of just doing stupid things like, oh, I've got page speed 100%, so I'm going to rank number one. Well. It doesn't work that simple. And I wish I did because, you know, I I win every time. But the reality is you have to have everything else in line. And so I think about site quality as something that's going to keep people on my site um, upwards of 100% more, you know, if you look at the the bounce rates after six seconds, and then you get down to, um, you know, under 2.5 seconds of mobile that keeps people on about, you know, 26 to 30% more, which that's like almost a third of your audience. That's huge, right? So we think of it in terms of convergence. Uh, We think of it in terms of making the customer happy we think of it in terms of- i think
3: that's the i mean like fundamental goal there of course as you optimize your site is to make this person happy and i guess result in some sort of financial outcome and i, I think it's really interesting to think about the, the the kind of impact to the visitors and subsequent revenue you can have by doing these things i want to talk to you though about your thoughts around optimizing wordpress for performance um, but we're going to take one more break and we'll be right back
2: Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment.
5: Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing,
2: Let's press forward with more. Press this only on webmasterradio.fm.
3: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress Community Podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of talking about WordPress speed optimization. Uh, Adam, right before the break, we were talking a little bit about testing frameworks and philosophies. Uh, But let's talk specifics like with optimizing WordPress for speed. What are your favorite approaches for speed optimization with WordPress? So,
4: first and foremost, I start with the host. This host is the first thing you start with, right? Before WordPress and everything, you need a you need a really good host. Um, and there's only, you know, a handful of them in the industry that are, frankly, trusted. And when I look at the comparisons and contrasts between them, you know, the software is fairly similar. They're, they're doing a lot of the same things. But what I really, really focus on after that is service, because things like, Consistently having plugins updated is something that's not really talked about enough. Uh, security, um, you know, all these code improvements speed up your website, right? Uh, they they make improvements on what was there before, and often they remove bad code uh, to improve it overall. So first and foremost, the web host, um, you know, is it loading? Uh, because the first metric, obviously, is how how fast is that first response time to the server right and then after that it's your first content full paint so hosting number one two um is it fully managed kind of situation you know like are my clients plugins going to be consistently updated wp engine does that obviously really well and um you know i have my clients on there because of it because security is huge after that I looked for a, a, you know, a theme or an engine or editor that frankly does it really well and doesn't have a lot of code bloat. What we've found over the years is that as you add these really fancy looking themes with lots of stuff moving around, there's just way too many things of JavaScript and that is one of the top things that slows websites down. So oh, you know
3: what I call this, Adam? I call this the balance between suffering and joy. The suffering of page load time and the joy of adding a new little thingy to your website.
4: Yeah, well, it, it, in terms of search engine optimization, you know, it, you know, fashion is pain. Well, how much pain do you want to endure? And by pain, I mean losses to your business so in terms of conversions i think of you know how long am i willing to sacrifice loading up the site to show to the customers the the science shows you don't want to take forever but in the in the reality it is a contrast between you and your competition
3: i mean it's so interesting because like the fastest site on earth is one period website but they won't sell anything and then on the extreme you can't overload it right so in between is what you need to deliver your message and the fastest site possible like to me that's like what this whole thing is about is finding like that one sweet spot
4: yeah under 2.5 seconds mobile you're kind of good i mean you just want to pass at the end of the day you want to pass it but more so you want to have a great experience you know like anyone out there for the most part even with a video site almost can load up in around a second or two if they're using WP Rocket. WP Rocket is something WP Engine supports and it's a compression of, you know, your JavaScript It's combining your CSS and then there's your image compression. Images, they tend to be the largest part of your website. So it's like you said before, how does Google know if it's the best site, you know, if it's a photography site? Well, that's where the tiebreaker situation comes in. Am I providing the best uh, quality to match the intents of the audience? Am I the last page that people visit? You know, because you want to be the last place people do the research and hopefully the one that they get their information and most importantly, buy from. So I focus on that.
3: I love it. I love it. It's like outcome focusing on the outcomes and then optimize the pieces in the middle to to hit those KPI targets around things like page speed but in service of that overall outcome. What a wonderful thought to end on. This was awesome, Adam. Thank you for coming on today. You're welcome. If you'd like to check more about what Adam is up to, you can uh, visit making8 the number 8.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This.
5: The opinions expressed on this program